Good morning everyone, Stuart Crane from Real Life Church here, um, bringing you another recorded sermon um, in this lockdown season that we're in. Uh, we are missing you all greatly, uh, we're missing meeting together, but this is the way things are at the moment and so we have to praise God for the fact we have technology that we can still kind of meet with each other virtually, also record messages, get them out to you. And uh, what I'm going to be doing today is uh, reminding us of what we're about as a church, what God said to us, that even in these uncertain times we can still hold on to God's word to us and what he's doing here. I also want to talk about what's going to happen uh, over the next few weeks in terms of where our preaching is going and what we're going to be doing uh, starting next week. We're going to be starting our Easter series, Waymaker where we're going to be looking at Jesus as our way out of the grave, Jesus as our way to the Father, and Jesus as our way to heaven. So that'll be the Easter period. Then after that, we're going to start uh, a new sermon series, a longer one called I Believe, based on the Apostles' Creed. Now, the Apostles' Creed, if you've never come across it, um, is an ancient statement of faith. It's nearly 2,000 years old uh, that has been said by the church all over the world as a, uh, a statement of their belief in who God is and what he's like. And we're going to be going through that uh, line by line after Easter. And it's going to come at a really important time for us because in a world of uncertainty and change, uh, we need to remind ourselves of who God is and what he's like. And we have a rock there that we can cling to in this difficult time. And it's going to be great for us as a church to learn about that. It's also going to be great for others outside the church who might be questioning and need to kind of listen in and just find out what we believe and how we're coping with this time. So get ready for that. We're going to stick into that after Easter. Um, now today, I wanted to remind us of our purpose as a church, um, where we're going as a church, our vision, and then some things that we can kind of put in place for us to help us um, uh, out of this situation uh, to get through what's, going, what's happening at the moment. Now, true story, um, when we originally put the preach plan together, we did our 10 weeks on uh, Teachers to Pray, then we have Mother's Day, and then this Sunday was actually going to be this. What we were going to do was we were going to reflect on the times of prayer, and then we were going to look to the next year and remind us this is what God's called us to, this is what we're doing and moving into that and on reflection we thought what we're going to do this Sunday everything's changed and we felt it was right to just come back to this to remind us that even though everything's uncertain out there we're stuck in our homes we don't know when this is going to end what's happening what God has said and who he is is still the same what God has said to us hasn't changed God plans and purposes for us haven't changed they may look different in the world around us but his essential word for us to us is the same so I want to remind us of that this morning and to stay focused on that in the face of kind of uncertainty and not sure what's going to happen next so first thing what has God said to us what are we about as about as a people what's our purpose well we have a purpose statement that we read out every Sunday just to remind us and it says this it says we believe real life it's about having a relationship with Jesus, following the model of Jesus, and then changing our world with Jesus. If you could sum us up as a people, as a church, it would be Jesus. We're all about him. We're all about making his name known, making his name great. Why? Well, because we believe he was who he said he was. He was who the Bible says he was, that he is God the Son. He's existed from eternity as part of the Trinity. He came to earth. He is fully God and fully man. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross. He rose bodily from death he ascended to his father in heaven and now rules and reigns in splendor and will one day return to judge all mankind 
We believe he is the most important man who has ever lived. We believe he is fully and totally, completely God and that he is the sovereign ruler of the universe. And we will build our lives around it. And we believe it's important, the most important thing for anyone in their life is to make a decision about Jesus. And the right decision is to choose to follow him, to have a relationship with him, to know him, to serve him, to love him, to worship him. And we as a people, that's what we're about. That's why we gather every Sunday. That's why we proclaim his name in the song. We proclaim his name through the preaching of the word. Uh, as we serve bread and wine, as we baptise new believers, all those things point to Jesus and what he's done. We also believe that by the presence of the Holy Spirit, we are transformed bit by bit into his likeness. We become more and more like him. We seek to follow his example as laid out in the Bible. We seek to, to follow his ways, follow his teaching. And slowly we are transformed bit by bit. And then out of that, we hope to transform the world around us, to touch lives, to show the love of Jesus to as many people as we can, in as many ways as we can, um, so that they too, in turn, would come to have a relationship with him for ourselves. And that's our unchanging purpose as a people. That's what we're about. That's what we're here to do. And we get involved in so many other activities and things which ironically have stopped now. But what remains the same, what remains the constant is Jesus and we love him and we serve him and we want to follow him. Now, where are we going as a people? What has God said to us? Well, when we started the church nine years ago now, uh, we felt God speak to us about three things and that, that we would be a large, influential, reproducing church. We had a conviction from God's word as we read it, read our Bibles. We saw this and we felt God particularly speak to us as a tiny group of uh, men and women and saying, this is particularly what I want you as real life church to be about so I'm just let me just go through them the first one is uh, we believe God has called us to be a large church now this goes right back to Genesis where God made Adam and Eve put them in the garden and what's one of the first things he said to them go multiply fill the earth subdue it make more that they more people that they may worship me they come to know me they become part of my family that's what we want uh, and then we move forward a bit to Genesis chapter 12 and we have God talking to Abraham and he's saying I'm going to bless you and you're going to bless the nations and your descendants will be like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore and that's what's going to happen um, and that's amazing and then if we go through kind of the rest of the Old Testament we see Abraham has a son, Isaac, Isaac has a son, Jacob. Jacob then has 12 sons. They go down to Egypt. They multiply into a mighty nation. And suddenly the people of God is growing and multiplying. And we follow the storyline of the people of God throughout the Old Testament. And the prophets come and say, actually, it's not just the ethnic descendants of Abraham, those people who can directly trace their ancestry. Actually, there's a much wider vision for what God wants to do. He wants to bring in the nations of the world, the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, to come and be part of his great kingdom and the prophets speak about the mountain of the Lord becoming the chief of the mountain and the nation streaming to it uh, and so we have this great kind of growing worldwide vision and then we find that Jesus comes and he proclaims the kingdom of God and says it's now it's here this is what's happening and then as he dies and rises again he says to his followers okay it's time to go he's time to go into all the world proclaim the good news to everyone not just in one place where I've been Modern day Israel, we call that actually, it's going to go everywhere, all over the world. And everyone needs to come and know Jesus for themselves. And so that is what we as the church have been doing since then. We've been going all over the world here in England, telling as many people as we can about Jesus. And then we move on into the New Testament and we find people like the Apostle Paul saying that actually by faith now, we, know we are actually part of that descendants of Abraham. We have now been kind of 
linked in to that great promise God gave to Abraham back in Genesis 12. If you're a believer of Jesus, you're part of that. You're part of that great inheritance of what God is doing around the world. And then we follow this sort of storyline of the church through Acts and the, the growth of the church and the church just continues to grow and multiply more and more people, more and more places. And then you go right to the end of the book and you get the book of Revelation and you see the Apostle John and he has a vision and there's a throne and who's in front of the throne? A multitude that cannot be numbered from every tribe and nation and people group. Um, and so there is a vast number of people coming and worshipping Jesus as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we felt very strongly that as a church we were going to grow and multiply. We were going to see people come to know Jesus for themselves. We were going to see People grow in their faith, discover new giftings, etc., etc. Even in our last Sunday, before we went on lockdown, before we couldn't meet him, we had a lady come and give her life to Jesus. And she said she wanted to follow Jesus, and it was a fantastic thing. So God, even in the midst of this, is saving and adding people into his family and growing them. And we believe God is going to call us to continue to grow, even in a time when we think, look around and think, can it really happen now? We're stuck in our houses. What's going on? God has called us to grow numerically large because we want to see lots of people come to know Jesus. We want to send them out to serve him, whether it's in this nation or the nations of the world. And so more and more people come to know him for themselves. The second thing God has called us to do is to be an influential church. And if we read the Bible, we find that uh, God has used men and women from all different kind of places and times to be used for his kingdom and they've had kind of normal jobs uh, in sort of uh, businesses and companies wherever they would have been at the time and been influential for his kingdom we see about joseph who was raised up to be prime minister and a political entity uh, in egypt which ended up saving the nation and the nations beyond we see daniel as an advisor in babylon one of the civil servants there with everything that was happening there we see Queen Esther in Persia, who God used, raised her up to save her people. We see Nehemiah, the cupbearer um, to the king, also being used for God's kingdom to see the walls being rebuilt in Jerusalem. Uh, we go into the New Testament, we see Jesus talk to his followers and he says, you're the salt of the earth and the light of the world. You are here to make a difference, to be influential where you are. To salt is to preserve life and bring out decay, uh, sorry, prevent decay. And what he's doing, the light just shines so people aren't in darkness. They can see where they're going. They're not stumbling around. And that is what we are to be. We're to be an influential people wherever we find ourselves. And when we came to start the church, we uh, felt God speak to us. I felt God speak to us very strongly from Jeremiah 29, uh, where God is speaking to the exiles. And they've been taken from Jerusalem into Babylon. Uh, everything's gone wrong. They're wondering what's happening, what we're going to do. We're in a foreign pagan city and the prophet Jeremiah comes and speaks to him and he says this. He says, the God of Israel says to all the exiles whom I've sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. He says, build homes and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile. And pray for the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. And we, as a church from the get-go, have come here. We've sought to be part of this great city. We've sought to get stuck into everything that's happening here. We want to be a blessing to this city. We want to be 
good to this city. We want to be a positive influence on everything that's happening in our city, whether it's through educations and schools and business and finance and law and government and arts and music and leisure and rep recreation and medicine and health. All those areas, we want us as the church to not just be gathered together on a Sunday, but to be going out and being influential in our jobs, in our workplaces, um, and doing as much as we can. Now, this is funny. Now, when we're stuck in lockdown, what does it mean for us? Well, our sphere of influence for many of us has contracted. Um, to We might see neighbours round about. We might be contacting people via technology and video messaging uh, some of us are still going out who are key frontline workers they have an opportunity to be influential there but that is still what God's called us to and every and all opportunity to be influential and good for his kingdom and seek the welfare of those around you um, so because in that we find our welfare and we want to be good and we want to know to be good um, to this city the third um, thing God spoke to us about was that we were to be a reproducing church that we wouldn't just be uh, a place where God blesses and then just it, stay, it stays with us, but we want to take that out as, as far and as wide as we can. Jesus said to his disciples before we turn to heaven uh, that we were to go and make more disciples. We were going to go and plant more churches. We were going to see more and more people come to know Jesus for themselves, to tell them the good news. And if you follow the kind of the story line of the book of Acts, You'll see it again and again, Paul, Barnabas, others going around planting churches in town after town after town after town. If you read between Acts 13 and Acts 14, you just see a list of town after town that Paul uh, went planting churches, seeing people become Christians. And that's what we want to do. We want to reproduce what we've got here. We want to do it on an individual level, level, see people become Christians, teach them, train them, and they in turn then go and share the good news with their friends. We also want to see it on a corporate level as a church that we would plant more churches that we would start other churches in other places and see them grow and multiply in themselves um, and even in this situation of lockdown and what's going to happen that is still our goal that's still what we want to do I don't know if we're going to have to do that virtually or what are we going to get back to meeting together and be able to look forward to that but that is the is our heart and as our goal we want to see more and more people come to know Jesus and reproduce what God has done here in more and more places and we felt very strongly as we came to start the church God spoke to us about that he gave us a picture of the strawberry plant where in four situations and different people came and spoke to us and said for God felt God that real life church would be like this strawberry plant that would grow and multiply and if you know anything about strawberry plants they grow uh, in the ground and they produce fruit but they also send out these little shoots called runners which go in the ground and they produce new plants and then they produce fruit and the runners then disappear and then they send out runners other ways and more plants grow and we feel that's what God's called us to to be a church that plants other churches along the way and we haven't started that uh, we've been praying about it we've been thinking about it we don't know what's next um, but we still believe that is what God's called us to and that's what we're still going after that's still one of our priorities so that's just a kind of a summary reminder of who we are and where we're going um, what our purpose is and what we've been called to now what does this mean for us now with 2020 and what's happening what's left of this year well there's two things I just want to talk to us about now uh, to put in place for this next season which hopefully won't be too long but we still don't know and they are first one keep praying second one stay connected the first one keep praying now at the beginning of the year we felt it was right to look at this question that the disciples asked of Jesus which was teach us to pray and we did many things to help us as a church 
answer that question. We did the prayer course in life groups where we got you together and you watched the videos online, you talked about it, then you prayed. Uh, we had our church at prayer prayer meeting where every third week we gathered together as a family, a wider family, to pray into some of these things that have been going on in the life of the church and bring our requests to God. We had the sermon series which we ran on Sunday We went where we focused primarily on the Lord's Prayer and we went through it line by line all the way from Father to Hallowed Be Your Name, Kingdom Come, all the way through. And then at the end of that, we looked about persistence in prayer, keeping going. We looked at fasting and how that links with prayer. And then finally, just a couple of weeks ago, we finished it all with praying in tongues and the importance of that in the life of the believer. We also then put alongside that a bunch of tips to help you to pray. If you missed any of that stuff, please go back online. You can still access the prayer course, have a little watch of those videos. Um, get to all the sermons they can all be caught up online as well um, so you can look into them but that's what we're doing and it all went really well we had loads of people loads of stories come and people say they've gone deeper in prayer with God they've tried new things some people have been praying out loud in groups for the first time they've been just all these great stuff uh, bubbling up and then what was going to happen is at the end of that season we're going to have Mother's Day and then I was going to come and preach now and basically talk about, hey, okay, guys, we've focused on prayer for three months. We've got nine months left of 2020. How are we going to put this into practice? How are we going to not lose what God said to us? How are we going to make this kind of a part of our life and our kind of community as a church? How are we going to kind of stay focused on this and not let activity, busyness, life get in and rob us of what God has said? And uh, the irony of that is we're now in this situation where we're stuck in your homes and I'm having to record a sermon and beam it out to you to watch. And in the face of a global pandemic, everything in our life has changed. Everything that we thought was certain, everything that we thought was kind of routine and normal and we could take for granted had been utterly stripped away from us. And we are now in a situation that no one could have ever foreseen six months ago. Uh, which is completely new to everyone. Everyone is kind of trying to work out how to do this. And so I feel that for us, this has come at a really good time. We have had a lot of focus on prayer and teaching us to pray. And I feel now is the time that we need to start praying. We need to keep focusing on that, keep praying, keep pushing into God. And uh, as I was preparing the sermon, I kind of was praying and thinking, and God reminded me of um, when we were teaching our eldest son Levi to ride his bike we bought him a little bike and he was riding up and down the path in the garden and he was doing great but we felt it was time for him to kind of move on grow up and if as you're riding a bike what you need to do is you need to take uh, the little wheels at the back off the stabilizers they need to be taken off and then you can actually truly learn to ride your bike because until the stabilizers come off, you haven't really learnt it. Uh, you still haven't kind of learnt all the balance and all the finer points and what it means. You might be able to kind of turn the, uh, the pedals, make the wheels go round, steer a little bit, but until you take the stabilizers off and ride, uh, you haven't got it. So we took Levi up to the park, took the stabilizers off the bike, I kind of I sat him on it, I kind of held the back and said, you just got to keep pedaling and keep going straight and you'll get it and so I ran alongside him and eventually let go and off he went and I feel like for us uh, we're now at a point now where we've had some stuff happen and God's saying the stabilizers have come off guys 
It's time to do this for real. It's time to really get into prayer. It's time to fly. It's time to go. Uh, we have often relied on comfort and routine and certainty and the illusion of control in our life. And all that has gone. All that has been taken off. We're stuck in our houses. We don't know how long. We're worried about just getting basic essentials in shopping. Jobs are under threat. Uh, are we going to get sick? We don't know. Everything like that has been stripped away. And God in his mercy has provided us an opportunity to really push in to what it means to pray and to focus on him. And so at this time, we need to keep praying. We need to take what we've learned over the last three months and we need to put it into practice now because if we're honest, we are powerless in this situation. There's nothing we can do to change what's going on. It is what it is. Uh, but what we can do is we can pray and call out to a God who is in control. There is one who is sovereign over all things. There is one who doesn't change. There is one that we can cling to, we can, who is a firm foundation that we can put our feet on. And we're to do that at this time. And so I want to say to you, first thing, for the rest of 2020, for the foreseeable future, we need to keep praying. We need to keep doing it as individuals. In your own time, you need to prioritize building your daily walk with God through Bible reading and prayer. I've been reading uh, the book of Acts. Uh, sorry, the book, sorry, Isaiah, which I've been in my journal here, uh, which has been fantastic. I'm about to move on to the book of Acts, uh, which I've, I'll finish Isaiah in the next few days. And I've also been writing in my journal in prayer and been praying the Lord's Prayer. And we as individuals need to be pushing into this. We need to be giving time in our kind of uh, lives to prayer daily. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Pray it through. Pray every petition to God. There is so much we could be praying for pray in tongues get into god's presence and bring it to us we need to be praying internationally we need to be praying for the world world leaders people in the world health organization people who make huge decisions that affect the life of millions of people we need to pray for god's wisdom on them we pray for god's righteousness to prevail we need we need we need to pray that they make decisions that stop this virus from continuing and kind of control it and curb it we need to pray for research scientists who are looking for a cure and kind of our frontline key workers who are helping people who are sick and trying to prevent people more who are to get people don't get sick more people don't get sick we need to pray nationally for our uh, leadership in this case and pray for Boris Johnson by name pray he's our prime minister pray for him pray for his advisors and government that they know what they're doing they make good decisions for these people the financial packages that have been put in place to help people financially with their work people who've lost income we could pray that all that comes to fruition and the right people get that job so they can continue on buying food paying the mortgage we need to pray locally for our church family praying for your own personal family praying for safety people in it people people who are kind of stuck in their homes pray for the lonely the vulnerable on the outskirts pray for those who have pressure with jobs the self-employed people running on businesses companies how do they get this through we need to pray for ourselves that we have strength to keep going in the long haul because where we are now it feels like it's probably going to get worse before it gets better and so we need to pray for us that we find our strength and our hope in god alone and not anything else and we put our strength and trust in him we need to pray for opportunities to show the love of jesus to a world that is not sure what's going on and fearful about the future and fearful about their jobs and their health and their families we need to pray for opportunities to speak into them pray for opportunities to show love to our neighbors to our colleagues for those who are working we need to pray into us as a church that god would grow us into a large influential reproducing church whatever that looks 
looks like in this situation. We need to pray with our kids and get them involved in that. And whatever age they are and whatever way is appropriate, pray for that. We're praying for our, with our boys every night. I know of one family that gather at midday every day just to pray as a whole family for everything that's going on. We need to be praying uh, as people. We also need to be praying in our life groups. Uh, we've sent out a whole bunch of things to pray for um, that you can use. I, my life group, we met on Thursday uh, via Zoom all with our little squares on the window and we prayed into some of the stuff that's going on uh, nationally, locally, internationally, all those things we need to be praying as our life group. Um, we as elders pray, we pray every Tuesday morning now, we gather Zoom and we particularly pray for you guys, pray for the church, anything we know, stuff's going on, um, which is so important, we're praying as leaders, we need to be people of prayer at this time, we need to keep praying, we can't use this as an opportunity to stop, throttle back, take it easy, think we don't need to, prayer matters, prayer is important, God has provided us this opportunity to learn and grow, the stabilizers are off, we need to ride and we need to get into this. The next thing um, we need to do is stay connected, so we need to keep praying, we need to stay connected. Um, the government guidelines are clear, uh, we shouldn't be going out of our house unless it's for food or for work or for one form of exercise a day. The rest of the time we need to stay socially distanced. If we are out, we need to take uh, two metres from everyone else to contain the spread of this virus. And we need to honour that uh, completely. And because we can't meet physically, we can't gather together on Sunday, we can't gather together, our, gather together in our life groups. That is all happening, but we still need to stay connected. And thank God we have great technology to enable us to do this. We can beam sermons to you, we can do Zoom meetups, we have WhatsApps, and our rumour has it people are actually using the phone to make phone calls. Go figure. But that's happening at the moment. I know our life groups are doing an amazing job of this, and I just want to take this opportunity to thank all our life group leaders uh, for the amazing job they've done in scooping people up, getting them involved. I've heard of all sorts of creative things that are happening with life groups and people connecting with each other. Our life group actually had a quiz night the other night where we got together and uh, people in the life group put together a fantastic quiz that we did all via Zoom and had a great fun time just connecting with other. I know people have been sending messages to each other, helping each other out. I actually got a message this morning, a video message on my phone that someone just sent to me. She said, like they said, uh, I could have texted you, but I'm just going to record a message on my phone and just send it. And it was lovely just to have a message and see someone's face and just see, oh, I've missed them. I haven't seen them for a while uh, and have a bit of connection there. So please, we need to stay connected as a church. We are. Uh, we send mail outs. We put this stuff on YouTube and our social media account. Uh, we send messages out to you, but stay connected within our life group. We've managed to put. I think nearly everyone in the church is now in a life group. We've managed to push everyone into life groups so they're in connections. And I want to encourage you as life groups to make sure you're connecting with everyone. Make sure no one falls through the gap. People are being looked after. I know you guys are doing an amazing job, and I just want to encourage you and you know, say thank you and say keep going in all we're doing. So as we look to kind of the next stage of us, this is church for a while now, next few weeks and months, I want us as a people to keep praying and make sure we stay connected, make sure that we are receiving encouragement but also giving it in any way. Send a message today for someone, just send them a text now, even as I'm talking, send them a message, record a, a video message, send it up, get into whatever your next uh, life group Zoom meeting is and just say hi to people 
share how you're doing, share your needs, share what's going on so we can be connected and keep praying and serving one another as best we can. Okay, I'm going to finish there. I'm going to pray now for us. I'm going to leave you uh, guys um, and uh, I'll be back with you next week as we start our Easter sermon. So let me pray. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you that you are sovereign over all things. We want to thank you that in the midst of uncertainty, we can cling to you. We want to thank you that you are King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Lord. And we bring this situation to you, this global problem, Lord God. And we pray, God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in this time, Lord. We pray that through this, that your name would be honoured and glorified. We pray that many would look to you and find hope and faith and trust in you alone. We pray that through this, that churches all over this world will grow and multiply as more and more people come to know you. Lord, we pray for those who are kind of managing they're dealing with this virus, Lord. We pray for those in government and those on frontline NHS workers, Lord. We pray for your strength and wisdom on there, Lord. And we pray, God, a swift end to this difficult situation, uh, Lord Jesus, for your glory, Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay, I will see you soon. Wash your hands and stay close to Jesus.